This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Kiss is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. here on the Imperial Valley Comic Con exhibit floor, and I'm talking to Joe Rubenstein, famous for John Wolverine miniseries. Um, I didn't draw it. Oh, Frank Miller laid it out. Artist. Frank Miller, the creator of 300 and Sin City, but I finished it up in, with my ink, which means I put in more details and I had more right. decisions to make than Frank let Jansen do. What was it like? What, what, what is it like drawing, being an artist for comic books? It's better than working for a living. <laughs> you don't consider it working? No, it can be work, but at the same time, I don't have to go into an office and dress a certain way and deal with people I don't want to or commute. I, I mean, my, my girlfriend says I I'd sort of lead the life of a retired guy. I get up when I feel like it. I do whatever I feel like today. I get a massage. I go to the gym. I get acupuncture, whatever. But then, you know, eventually you got to sit down and work. <laughs> Sometimes... Um, you know, an editor will call up and say, we need 10 pages inked overnight. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Because, you know, if you say no, you never get another phone call. Right. Um, but I've never had another job my whole life. When I was 13, I was a gopher at an art studio. And then when I was 15, I became an artist assistant. And that's it. That's all I've ever done. So is that? I mean, you you got you were gopher in a, an art studio. You said was that was a was it? You always knew you were going to want to do something like this. I always wanted to be an art. Well, see, I came from Israel when I was five years old, and I didn't speak the language. But my older cousin had a bunch of Superman comic books. I must have loved it. I must have understood them. So, like every little kid, I guess I grabbed crayons and tr- tried to do my own. Then I wanted to be an artist, the magic of it, reading Spider-Man, sensitive kid with glasses who wants to be popular. Right. I started to go to art school when I was 11 years old. And then 13 assist, uh, uh, gopher, 15 assistants, 17 freelance. So two-year gaps. <laughs> so, all right. So, I mean, what was it like to, to work on, on big titles like Wolverine and Thanos and other stuff like that? As... You know, when they interview people who did, like, Gone with the Wind or Citizen Kane or something, they say, it's a job, we did it, it's a job, we showed up, we did it, it's a job, you know. So, um, I mean, Frank came up to me at at offices at Marvel and just said, we're doing this miniseries on Wolverine, you want to ink it? I go, yeah, okay. Because it wasn't like, oh, my God. You didn't know that it was going to be. No, everybody's going to talk about it for the next 40 years. But I do the best I can do every time I work. So... I'm glad I did the best I could do on it since everybody keeps referring to it. But, you know, I mean, first time I did Superman, I was terrified because that's Superman. 
first time I did Batman, that's Batman. Mm-hmm. Wolverine's this guy who came around when I was growing up. Right. So it was, I, like I said, it was, I was happy to you do didn't it. have that history. But, but it, you know, you guys, um, oh my God, it's Frank Miller. Oh my God, it's John Byrne. Oh my God, it's Neil Adams. To me, it's like, yeah, it's the guys. <laughs> you know? I mean, Frank Miller helped me move one of my apartments once. I, I introduced John Byrne to the best thing that ever happened to him. I introduced him to the woman he married. Look you at know? that. So it's, it's, I don't have, I, I can certainly admire the work, but it's not the same feeling as if when I met Jack Kirby. So Pretty, pretty big deal. Yeah. What was, so what was it like in the studio or in those uh, those companies, you know, DC and Marvel? What was it like Did working Mar- in those offices? Marvel, well, I had a, I was at Marvel more than I was at DC, and then I went to DC for seven years and then started to bounce around. But the difference was they weren't corporate. They were a lot more fun. It was a lot more casual and hanging out and fun, and people would put artwork on the walls, which now you're not allowed to do. And I remember when Marvel first installed bulletproof glass so that some outraged reader wasn't going to show up with an Uzi and kill everybody. Wow. So it became corporate. It became more formalized. And and the last six jobs, last two jobs I did for Marvel, not only have I never spoken to my editor, I've never met my editor. It was all email. You want to do a job? Yeah. Okay, here's the pages. Okay, here's the pages. I, I don't even know who anyone is any longer because... In, in the old days, you had to live in the tri-state New York City area to uh, hand in your work. Nowadays, with the internet, it's spread all over the world, and you don't necessarily know everybody anymore. And, I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you prefer it that way? Do you no, rather see no, I'd rather, I'd rather know day? my contemporaries, and I'd rather... I mean, I, I can't work in a studio because I just want to tell stories mm-hmm. and go to lunch. So I have to be alone. But it's good to see other artists be inspired, learn tricks, find out, oh, here's this book that I didn't even know existed that this guy has to show me. So, yeah, of course. But, but you know, the thing is, um, comic book conventions are sort of where you reacquaint. And maybe you haven't seen somebody for two years, three years, four years. It's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, like, we're back. Mm-hmm. We're of a certain generation. Comic book conventions are kind of a combination of um, vaudeville and death of a salesman. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that's a that's another thing. You know, I know conventions have been around for a very long time, but I think within the last ten years, they've probably become a lot more popular. Yeah. What do you, how do you feel about conventions in general, other than being death of a salesman and vaudeville? It's, it's fine. It's great. It's another source of income. I mean, the truth of the matter is. Um, Comic books don't pay well. They pay very badly, as a matter of fact. There used to be royalties. There aren't any longer. So I think a great many people rely upon their income to go to comic book conventions. So when I first started to go to comic book cons, the first one was Phil Sulings in 1971 in New York. And then Chicago started. And, of course, there was San Diego. And then you sort of turn around, and it's not like this once a year big deal thing it's like there's a convention every weekend somewhere everywhere and I'm not saying that's a bad thing and, and if the fans get to meet people and get prints they would never had and fill in their collection oh that's wonderful I just wonder if the prices keep going up to attend these things and the price of the autographs keep going up and 
you know, if you do the William Shatner experience for $600, I think what that means is he cups your ass or something. Um, but it's like, whoa. And, and, you know, then I heard like, um, I think it was Schwarzenegger was charging like, or was it Stallone, 1200 bucks to meet him. Wow. And I'm going, and people did it. And people do people it. People yeah. want to meet the guys. So. And, I mean, how do you feel the, the biggest changes between 1971 convention and a 2019 convention? Like, is They're it, much it, bigger. It just, it, I mean, even, you know, the fact that you have more intimate ones like this. Right. As opposed well, to the... Well, I, I mean, uh, they used to be in a ballroom. Uh-huh. And it was relatively small. Sometimes it's a gymnasium. Sometimes it's somebody's American Legion Hall, for all I care. Uh-huh. And now it's, of course, you know, San Diego, Chicago, New York. They're mega events. They're, mm-hmm. they're wall-to-wall people. But, you know, I'm not the average comic book reader or fan. So I know these things are a lot of fun because you get to show up in costume. And there's photo ops and there's video games and you can try this thing out and you can stand in front of this nine foot tall Hulk poster <laughs> and there's gaming room so yeah it's great I mean look what what's it all about people who may be made fun of by their contemporaries or people who just don't know anybody who's into what they're into they go to a convention gather. and they find look I found my people but as a as a, as a professional what I mean what is a, a, a con other than going to meet up with uh, your contemporaries and stuff like that, it, it, what, what kind of experience do you have at, a, at one of these things? Well, I mean, the majority of human beings are not asked for their autograph mm-hmm. or told that, oh, it's an honor meeting you or I'm geeking out or you made my childhood or I remember when my brother introduced me to Wolverine, it was your comic book or my grandmother brought him when I was sick. And, you know, so all that's very gratifying because the majority of the world does not have anything at the end of the work day. If you're a waitress, if you work a hardware store, if you sell insurance, if even if you're a doctor, I mean, you don't have anything to hold. They just said, look what I made today. And I get to have my art, some of which is embarrassing, <laughs> brought back to me and said, you did this. Can you please sign it and acknowledge that I met you? And look, I'll open up a, a book and it's autographed by the author or it's even autographed by Aunt Mildred, who gave it to Sammy on Christmas, 1943, and it's like, wow, this is suddenly I'm, I'm, telescoped back in time to when in 1943 this was held by somebody who cared about it. So I understand why people want a comic book signed. It's like, look, I actually met Jack Kirby, Stanley, Jim Lee, any Lee you want to meet, <laughs> you know. So. Um, so. Talking about uh, your work in general, what is there a a piece that you're particularly proud of? What do you mean, one single piece of art? Yeah, that you you hold in regard above everything, like some work that you did that you just. Well, no, no, you're either talking about one piece or a series or a comic book. Okay, I, a series. I mean, I think the why the Justice League of America, why uh, formerly known as the Justice League, and I can't believe that it's not the Justice League by Giffen, McGuire, DeMattis, and me. Um, McGuire stuff is very tight. So I added a little extra flourish, a little extra polish. So I wasn't that big a contributor to the artwork. But then I see what other people do, and they screw it up. So I figure, like a doctor, at least I did no harm. Right. And the thing looks really good, and it reads great. It's very funny. It's a wonderful series. Um, One of the single best things I've ever done, though was for the American Bible Society 
It was an 11-page story inside of a graphic novel called The Unforgiven. And I think hardly anyone ever saw it. And it was um, a, a respectable retelling of the crucifixion that Rick Leonardi drew. I have it on my website uh, at Facebook, right? And I think I just, I just got my first real big deal professional site, joerubensteinart.com. And I'm going to have a gallery of that and other unpublished or rarely seen jobs for people. But when I did that thing, I thought this is one of the best things I've ever done, and I'm very proud of it. And no one's seen it. And no one's seen it all. <laughs> well, now it's on your website. We can go, yeah. we can go check it out. Yeah. It's soon. Um, is, uh, is, is there one character from any comic book that you, you love to work on? Luckily, for me, it's Wolverine. Oh, because Because, you know, I mean, like, when somebody's a, uh, a highly successful singer... They got to sing that damn song for the next 40 years. Right. And I'm sure there's a, oh, God, I got to do this again. But the fans demand it, right? Right. Lucky for me, there's so many different personas of Wolverine, so many different costumes, that I don't get tired or bored of it. So, yeah, I like doing Wolverine. I mean, the other character I really like doing is the Hulk because he's naked. <laughs> it's like no costume lines, no armor, no he just he's a naked guy with some shorts and I'm fine with that. <laughs> is there, I was going to say is there a particular thing about Wolverine that you you like you get to that part of, of working on him you're like yes this is the, the thing that well, I like. Well there's no part of him. I mean he's it's like saying you know what what part of your wife do you like best? I mean it's like <laughs> I hope you like your wife. You True. know. So it's I mean it's just the ferocity or the menace or the persona or the big hair whatever I mean it's I, I like doing him because there's so many of him but you know I like doing Batman okay I hate doing Iron Man Galactus <laughs> any of those guys with War Machine all that uh, all jack the of hearts all the metal all the details all the lines all the costume it's like can I just because I I like drawing figures and when it's all covered up it's not a figure anymore right right, right. is there is there a part that you just find like difficult that uh, in in the work that you do that you're just like oh, I don't want to have to do this part other than well metal. I, I mean uh, yeah I don't want to do metal and I don't want to do like tons of skyscrapers which is long 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 lines and windows and long lines and windows and long lines and windows. Uh -huh. I would rather do a creepy mansion, a gnarled tree, water, <laughs> the organic stuff where it's more fun and it's not so rigid. Literally rigid. So it, we're in our podcast network. We, we tend to we like to talk about things that make that allow us to geek out. What is it that you geek out over? It's not. It doesn't have to be comic book related. It could be baseball. It could be you know it, well sewing machines. Both um, art, real okay. art, great art, painting, watercolor drawing, great art. Go to museums. Go. I you know I walked around a, an illustration show with a bunch of very competent painters and we went up to every painting and went all right i quit <laughs> all right you know i'm never going to do that that's uh, i i'm never going to be that guy but unfortunately you can't stop because it's an addiction and the other thing is is um i'm also an actor and i've done a couple of little tv shows some plays and stuff and so when i meet actors i'm usually starstruck because i know first what it takes to walk into a uh, studio for the first time and go, I want to learn to act. How frightening it is to get up on stage. How frightening it is to be assessed. And then the fact that they actually got themselves to the point 
where they have a career where I know who they are, that's a lot of work and a lot of determination. I mean, God knows, actors like artists, like plumbers, there's a lot of assholes. But um, you meet the good ones, and it's like, oh, my God, it's... Right now, I'm doing a job where I am... A, a client has four, five, six hundred autograph cards. Like, usually index cards, but not always, of Buster Crab, Orson Welles, Adam West, Bella Lugosi, you know, um, Burgess Meredith, all, all the Batman people and, and movie stars, and Leonard Nimoy. And I'm, my job is to do a portrait of each one of them onto the card. So you can also you can find those on Facebook, Instagram, or on my website. And it's like, holy moly, I'm holding something that Boris Karloff held. And, it, and sometimes it's dated, you know, like February 4th, 1963. I go, wow, 46 years ago, this was in existence. It survived this long. And I'm putting a portrait of Boris Karloff on it. So I have real responsibility yeah. to get it right. And it's fun, because I'm a portrait guy, and I love doing portraits. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, we also try and ask if uh, if you could have one useless superpower, what would you love for it to be? Um, I do have a useless superpower. Okay. I can fall asleep in 30 seconds. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that could be useful. You well, it's, be I, I like it. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's the Legion of Superheroes has this stupid uh, alternate group called the Legion of Substitute Superheroes. Okay. And one of them is like Rock Man or something. <laughs> and what he does is he stiffens his whole body so they can use him like a battering ram. <laughs> I like, mean, other than that one use, I think that's yeah, pretty, that's pretty much <laughs> Yeah, like, let's lean him in a corner to keep the paper down. <laughs> it's, it's um, I guess he's... Um, Paper holder man. What's the thing's called? Paperweight. Paper, paperweight man. Yeah, paperweight yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you could be the villain to be the paperweight. Yeah, yeah. And and there used to be a character at Marvel whose power was wherever he went, he nullified all the powers of everybody around him. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much stopped the action. Yeah. You know, so they killed him. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, you, as you, you've stated, the, you can, your website is joerubensteinart.com. Right. And then Rubenstein, R-U-B-I-N-S-T-E-I-N. And then uh, the rest of your social media, you just look up your name? Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I think it's, it might be Joseph on Instagram, I'm not sure. But Joseph, J-O-S-E-F. So I made a point of spelling both my names like no one knows how to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, now I've got my own website. And I'm sure if you do a Google search, you can find me. Yeah, and then we get, everybody can keep up on everything Joe Rooms. And, you know, I, I do commissions and recreations. And, you know, if, look, when I was a kid, if I could have sent a letter to Kurt Swan or Jack Kirby and, oh, my God, get a reply, or if I, you know, spent a year saving up, so I could get like a, a sketch from Jack. I mean, when I was a kid, I sent letters to people that said me artwork, and some of them did. Mm. But nowadays they don't, because now everybody takes that stuff and sticks it on eBay. Right. So yeah. just like in the old days, autographs were free. I thought charging for an autograph was insulting. But then some guy sticks twenty copies of Wolverine in front of me and says, "Oh, who's this for?" He says, "Oh, I'm keeping them." Yeah, right. You know, no, you're not. No. <laughs> and that's why I'm going to charge you money because if you're profiting, I may as well get a little piece of the action. Right. Yeah. So that's it. Just you know, that's that's why we charge for autographs because you know, 
if I'm being paid at a convention to do a drawing and some guy literally stuck 46 comic books in front of me and how long do those get take to sign am I making a penny no and do I ever get a chance to get back to what's making money so you know when I hear about people who are charging $80 an autograph I mean Stan Lee used to charge 125 but he was Stan Lee <laughs> you know um you, you charge what you can and you see if people want it. And it, I, again, I think it's just because sometimes I'll do a sketch and a day later it's on eBay for twice the money. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, thank you for sitting down with me. I, I had a really great time. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you doing thank that. You. This is Mitch on the Imperial Valley Comic Con exhibit floor saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. This podcast has been brought to you by Cuts by Candice. Candice Gist is a hairstylist that listens to your needs and will work with you to get the right look for you. With 18 years of experience, Candice is the premier stylist that I trust with my look. And right now, if you mention this ad when you make an appointment from now until the end of February 2019 and give our promo code GEEKOUT, you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts underscore Candice on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.